Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I want to give you guys a little tip that might be helpful for you guys in game. So if any of you have any, ever done any type of research into mental preparation, you'll probably have stumbled upon positive self-talk or using mantras. And the use of a mantra can be very, very important. And what it can help you do is to recenter your focus when you either have a bad shift or you know the coach isn't happy with you or you know maybe you got the wind knocked out of you from a big hit. Any way that it's useful is to your advantage to make sure that you're using this properly. So for me, I would always use it you know after every shift and I would try to recenter my focus and my attention to get me to refocus on what was right in front of me instead of worrying about what has already happened. And it really helped me just kind of prepare for the next shift. Uh, it, it was just really a useful tool that I found was very, very effective for me. And I really think that doing this uh, really allowed me to get over things a lot quicker than you know when I was maybe younger and I didn't do this type of stuff. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a great tool. I think that you guys might enjoy uh, some benefits and from introducing something like this into your into your habit uh, in a game and it can be something very very short and uh, you know let us know what you guys are thinking and if we can help you guys uh, get you in the right direction of you know what could be a useful mantra or saying or something like that let us know hit us up in uh, on Instagram and let us know hey guys welcome back to another episode of shifted radio i'm mike today we have another doctor joining us on the show uh, dr cassidy preston will join us today and dr preston is also a former athlete former hockey player and he played in the OHL with Toronto St. Michael's Majors. And then he went on to play uh, U-Sports uh, for York University and University of Toronto. Dr. Preston is now doing some consultancy work for athletes. And this is why you know we decided to have him on the show because what we do is uh, crossing paths and, paths and we have a lot of synergistic... Uh, things that we believe can help each other mutually and we think that he can provide a lot of value for being on this episode. Uh, Dr. Preston got his PhD from York University in sport and performance psychology. He also got his master's in science from the University of Toronto in sport and performance psychology and he did his undergrad at York University uh, graduating with a Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology and Health Sciences. So without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Cassidy to the show. Hello there, Dr. Preston. How are you doing today? Good, thanks. How are you doing, Mike? I am doing great, thank you. We are uh, having... Uh, to go at this the third time here because the first two takes got uh, got cut off. But uh, yeah. yeah, finally, uh, we're going to get this going here. But uh, yeah, we we started out with the uh, the doctor. Uh, we tried to give you the people like 
version of who you are. But before we get into it, how should we address the doctor in the room? Yeah, um, I, uh, I definitely appreciate that. But I usually just go by Cassidy or uh, my uh, fellow hockey teammates uh, always call me Presto was my nickname. So oh. either one of those, those works well. So. Well, Dr. Presto sounds fantastic to me. I, I mean, I think, I think that's what you should change everything to right now. All, your, all the social media should be Dr. Presto. That's, uh, that's where it should be. That is definitely possible. So. Yeah. Good, good. No, so yeah. So like I said, we, we gave yeah. the listeners a little bit of a Coles Notes version of, of you. But why don't you take yeah. us more in depth and, and uh, let us learn a little bit more about who you are. Yeah, no, for sure. So I, uh, I come from North Bay, Ontario, which is about three hours north of Toronto. And I grew up playing minor hockey there and then was fortunate enough to get drafted uh, to St. Mike's in the OHL and went on to have a little bit of an OHL career and, and played junior hockey for five years uh, and then go on to play university hockey. And one of the things that I found throughout my career was the ups and downs of the game, the, the good days and the struggles and the inconsistency at times in my game. And uh, there's obviously a lot of factors that play with that, but one of the big things I really fell in love with and very interested in was the mental side, so the mental performance and the sports psychology. Um, and so I eventually went on to then do my master's at U of T uh, under Dr. Gretchen Kerr, uh, and then came back to York University to do my PhD with Dr. Jessica Fraser-Thomas. And so, um, and then with all of that now, I the last probably three or four years, I've been really doing a lot more consulting work. So working with athletes and professional athletes, as well as um, the varsity teams at York. And now that I'm done school, which it was a long haul, uh, and I get to really just focus on that. And I still do a bit of coaching uh, in hockey myself, but my real passion is working on mental performance and uh, mostly with athletes, but I also do a bit of work uh, in other fields as well. Um, and I do other sports as well, but mostly hockey players given my background. So gives you a, a bit of the Coles notes uh, again, maybe about me. And, and But I, I do really enjoy working on the mental side of the game. And I think it's a big area that's often really overlooked in today's age, which I'm sure we'll touch on a bit as we go here. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So like, let's take it back to when you were in minor hockey, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk to, let's talk about what do you find uh, is different about today that maybe you experienced as, you know, a kid going through minor hockey? Yeah. So I think um, minor hockey's really um, changed a lot. And uh, especially now being in the city and seeing how uh, the minor hockey works in the city and so uh, down here and how crazy and focused it is on outcomes and, uh, and also the big, one of the big changes I've noticed too is um, how much, how accessible certain things are um, that weren't necessarily maybe accessible back uh, at least playing up in North Bay in terms of the level of dryland training, the level of what we know about nutrition and what we know about skill training. Like we're seeing players that are stronger, faster, more skilled than ever before. But um, at the same token, one of the things that I've noticed is seeing athletes um, that really struggled to embrace adversity um, and really struggled to uh, deal with pressure and challenging situations and regulate their emotions and, and focus. And so that's where um, – and one of the things I really kind of relate to that as well, I had wrote a recent blog about it. It's like um, our, our, the parents, a lot of the parents and coaches even – but mostly actually just parents uh, are really trying to avoid any barriers and obstacles for their, for their child. And that can be really problematic in that 
you know, they kind of grow up. Uh, and, and then by the time they're like 13, 14, they haven't really faced much adversity and don't really know how to deal with it. Um, and so these life skills are often learned through the parents, but also from experience. And so that's probably the, one of the biggest changes, at least from a, especially from a sports psych side and how it all interrelates. So that's, um, a bit about what would be my take on then versus now, but it's, it's always hard to exactly compare because back then, you know, I was a kid, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, things might seem a bit different, but there's certainly the advances we've made in technology, um, the advances we made in like how accessible knowledge is like you're like, I see kids that are like eight years old and they've got some of like, they got better hands than me and like, yeah. and they're eight and it's like, cause they're at home watching YouTube videos, like act like training videos on YouTube. Like it's just so easy for them to um, model, see new moves, try these new, like, you know, I didn't learn what a toe drag was probably until I was like 14 or 15. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it was like deep left or deep right. So you got to, um, you got to stay in your lane, you know, you got to yeah. know, your, find your, find your niche, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, but, and maybe that's why I didn't make it as far as, as, as some, some other guys. So, but, um, but anyways, it's, you know, that's certainly, and then for me, that all adds up to, um, this what's really lacking is the mental performance side and so that's what i would say um you know obviously my view on that is biased with my my focus on mental performance but um yeah that would that would be my take on all of that so uh but yeah minor hockey the other thing i i could talk about minor hockey all day because a lot of my research actually (laughs) well that's good (laughs) well that's good because we're we're trying to we're trying to point (laughs) we're trying to point this episode directly at the the minor hockey scene so please uh, expand as much as you want because i think (laughs) no honestly i think it's just so important that uh, we give as much possible information to obviously Mm -hmm. the kids because you know we're gonna you know we work with uh, the youth Mm -hmm. athletes and all this stuff but a lot of the education is for parents too quite honestly and you know you see now more and more that you know there have we have more resources than ever before and yeah. The kids, you know, they're growing up and, and what's happening now is that they're less and less resilient right now emotionally. Yeah. And exactly. And like what what do you like so, you know, we we've talked, you know, a lot on our channels about kind of why these things happen, but yeah. you know, in your estimation, what's what's going on there? Yeah, so yeah, that, that kind of goes into a bit of the, you know, there's a you know, I, I was reading an article the other day about um, how way back when uh, kids didn't go to school because they had to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, and, um, and they, and so parents needed them to work and they needed to be really good um, once, once they were able to work. And so they needed to learn from their failures uh, and they needed to be independent as a child. Uh, whereas now they don't need to be independent and, uh, and now they don't, they don't really have a purpose at home. They're not really contributing to, to a household, right? But w- with that is also combine that with parents now with all these resources and uh, kids are seen as very precious in which they are, but at the same token, they really don't want them to fail and they don't want them to get hurt and, you know, which obviously, you know, it would be innate, but we're really avoiding all these barriers and adversities and failure uh, and so the kids aren't growing up facing a lot of it. And often maybe 
the parents are helping them through it. And there's those a bit of dependence that happens there and the lack of there of independence for the child. Um, but then also then they're not learning to deal with adversity and regulate their emotions and develop the life skills that are so incredible um, for not just in sport at the elite levels, but also then in other walks of life. So um, yeah, that would be one area. And, and then just, the whole focus for me, especially in minor hockey too, about the focus on winning and outcomes and results. Like, um, I think I've, we've talked before about, mm-hmm. um, you know, you don't make it to the NHL often. It's like the average age is like, I think 23, like, and yeah, we got like, we're tearing kids and talking about who's the best player at a certain age at like eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. They're so far away, away from being where they really have to get. And yet it's where we're categorizing them and predicting who's going to be best. You have no idea. And you look at all the best development countries in any sport, like uh, Iceland's a great example in soccer. Like, a, yeah. like they're not even close to the population of all these other uh, countries, yet they're uh, pretty successful. Uh, and they don't cut kids and they all get quality coaching until they're 18. So there's, there's, there's no tiering. You know, there would be tiering in, in the sense of like they've, the more stronger kids would practice together, but they all get quality coaching and they all stay a part of the programs and clubs. Um, and it's a development focused program. Whereas minor hockey in Canada and a lot of, it's not just hockey, it's a lot of sports. It's that youth professionalization of, you know, it's winning and losing and tearing and uh, you know, you have quality. There's a lot of good quality coaches in minor hockey, but they often just coach one team and, you know, maybe that the odd guy coaches too, but um, you know, it's like yeah. versus this coaches being the development guys for an organization. And I think that's starting to grow and change. But you go look at Sweden, that's all it is. They try to put their best coaches with the youngest kids. So they develop the right habits from the get go. Um, and they create structures where it's all about playing and learning the, the game the right way. And so the whole structure is very different. And and those structures that make it different for the athlete to deal and learn with adversity and the life skills and resiliency. Um, Cause it's hard to learn resiliency when it's do or die and when you're mm-hmm. losing parents getting upset with you, coaches are upset and like, but I don't really blame the coaches and the, and the parents because the structure um, is often problematic. But with that and the talks that I give with parents a lot of time, I talk about, well, okay, here's the structure, be aware of it, do the best that you can within the structure, but know that the structure is going to make you focus on the winning and the outcomes and yeah. where your kid ranks and not necessarily on the development and on the life skills, which is w- way more important. Um, and so, you know, that would be my take on well, one of my takes anyways, on minor hockey and, and especially this, uh, you know, the concerns we have about resiliency and focus and attention. So well, uh, a lot a of lot- that. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I mean, a lot of the yeah. talk about the, you know, the structure and, and I think we, you know, what you could be alluding to when you talk about structure is, is like that, you know, the, the notion of the, politicalness around you know whether you want to call it political correctness or the politicalness of like you know sport and 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 i feel like quite honestly it's just a way for people to kind of make an excuse for you know shortcomings and and quite honestly the people and the kids and and anybody who achieves anything they're usually Mm -hmm. not the ones who are complaining about anything they're just kind of doing their thing and they just they just do it right they're not worried about what you're doing or what i'm doing they're just doing their thing And they, they get wrapped up in what they're doing, that they don't have time to worry about what everyone else around them is doing. 
And, yeah, yeah. and it's not like, you know, they're, they're world beaters. They're just, they just end up getting further because they didn't take their eye off the prize, which is so cliche, yeah. but it's so true because yeah. I see kids and parents, you know, they, they, they get, they get uh, their lack of focus, right? Well, their focus yeah. will be changed by, you know, seeing like, Hey, uh, we didn't get, we didn't get the first line minutes or, you know, we didn't get on the power play or this and that. Like, okay, well, if you want to be on the power play, you got to be better. Like the coach, the coach has a responsibility to do the best for the team. And, and I really, yeah. I don't understand when, you know, people get complaining about coaches. Oh yeah. He has his favorites. Well, yeah, because yeah. you know, those guys are usually the ones who go out there and give a good yeah. solid effort and they end yeah. up being the ones you can rely on. Right. And that's just the honest yeah. That's just the honest truth. And that's that's just, you know, those those players are not the ones who are typically complaining because they're just focused on what they got to do. And then they just end up being the best players because, you know, other people lack focus to just kind of do what they got to do. No, exactly. I think that's such a great point. And one of the ways uh, I talk about this and some of the work I do with an athlete, but, uh, and even with parents, and I think it's the way you've explained, it's really good in that, um, it's not a, you want to have an inside out approach. What can I do? What can we do in this situation? And you're always focused on what you can do, given your surroundings and your situations and not taking a victim mentality and an outside in. Why is this happening to me? Look what others are doing to me and, and stop worrying about what other people are doing to you and focus instead on what you can do. And that's probably the simplest way I can explain it. And but it's so easy to say and then developing that habit, though, and that mindset is so incredibly important. And And that's that victim versus gamer um, mindset and or inside out versus outside in approach. And that and and that definitely starts when they're young. Right. That's that that starts all the way up from like when the child is born, like you're already Mm -hmm. teaching it different things, you know, like when a kid is when a kid is born and and you know they're crying and crying you you want to be there to give it compassion right like you want to show compassion and all that stuff and, and you want to do that and that's show, that's giving them what they need at that point as they get a little bit older you know you start to understand when they make mm-hmm. different nuanced cries or whatever and you start to understand right it's not it's not like you yeah. just say when they're mm-hmm. this age you do this and when they're this age you do that it's okay this is a guideline, but what is your yeah. kid telling you, right? Like, it's all about the context of what your yeah, exactly. kid is doing. And I think, I think parents, you know, and that's a part mm-hmm. of the system too. Like we're, we're just, maybe we're miseducating parents as well. And, and they're not getting their, the, you know, what they would have needed. And, and that's, you know, that's sad too, but mm-hmm. it's now with the, the dawn of the internet, like we have, the yeah. ability to go on and learn for ourselves. And yeah. once we can learn for ourselves, now it's our responsibility, yeah. you and I and, and people like us to go out and educate people about yeah. this kind of stuff. And, and like the transparency of it all, like yeah. the, the truth behind, you know, all of it, because it's just important to give parents the best quality information. And I feel, I feel like if we give the kids and the parents yeah. the best quality information, the ones that, the ones that you know are going to get offended and they're going to say that oh this is wrong this and that like we can't we can't worry about them because they're going to do that regardless of what you're saying we got to focus on the ones who you know they do like yeah. it and then give them the best possible quality that we can 
Yeah. No, hundred percent. And I think that's, it's so important. And, and the, one of the points that I always like highlighting is, you know, a child's mindset and their life skills, they're not, people, kids are born with different personality traits and, and types and preferences, but their mindset of a growth versus fixed mindset, or what we were just talking about, a um, inside out approach versus outside in or victim versus gamer mentality. Uh, these things are learned and and developed and these are mental skills the a mental skill to uh, have be resilient or regulate your emotions and bounce back uh, or manage your emotions or bounce back from mistakes and refocus uh, i call that the often i use the mistake ritual for that these are skills that you learn and uh, the big where do they most likely learn them their parents and same with skills such as how do they direct their attention and focus during the game how do they perceive challenges and their challenge habit and response uh, this is most likely coming from parents coaches and teachers and other models in their life uh, will influence them as well as maybe their kids um, there's all kinds of things that influence their life skills but uh, often parents are the, are the biggest factor. But, like, where are parents supposed to learn about this stuff? And, and that's where, like, it's been really underserved and valued. And, and some parents might. Like, you know, you've got, you know, an NHL parent as a, as a, uh, as, as a parent of – as a parent. But, and so they play in the NHL and they have all this great experience. And so they've de- maybe developed some of these life skills along the way. And then they're tr- – and, you know, providing them to the child, that's great. But, you know, my experience in minor hockey, that's far and few between. Um, and there's some other parents that haven't played NHL that also have, you know, have backgrounds and understandings of emotional regulations and directing their attention and focus and how they deal with challenges. Um, but generally, there's uh, a lack of awareness in this area. And so I think you're spot on when you say it's about um, spreading awareness and education some people might not be interested in this but it's growing you know when i started doing some dryland training about you know 12 years ago a lot of people weren't that interested oh dryland training oh that's just for uh no we we can do that our own or you know that's not that important (laughs) Uh, it's quite important (laughs) it's um you know 12 years later now everybody's doing it and if you're not you you don't even you're not going to get a sniff so it's going to be the same here with your mental skills and you're already seeing that at the elite levels um if you look at like an mlb every Uh team has a mental skills coach um, and some of them have multiple. Like I think the Blue Jays have between four and six mental skills coaches, um, and so within their organization. So it's it's really growing, and it's it's not necessarily even something that you're always going to give you an edge because it's everybody's going to be doing it. And so um, it's growing that way, but it's it's in the youth level, it's still not necessarily there yet, and it's coming and um, and rightfully so because it's just another area. It doesn't replace physical training or skills training is just another area of training and and for parents to understand how they model and teach though that to their kids at a youth age i think is incredibly sure and we're and we're not going and we're not going um, backwards okay so like we're not we're not we're not getting we're not getting less technological we're not getting you know less smart like we're going forward (laughs) and that's just the way like we're like we're going so like we have this internet thing we all have the ability to get educated like literally you could get on the yeah. device and you could say, Google, I yeah. want to learn about whatever. And you'll get endless amounts of content yeah. that is, you know, 
then it's up to you to sort through yeah. what you what you connect with and right you like yeah you're gonna you're gonna find something you're gonna connect with and then you're gonna you're gonna mm. like it and hopefully you know by yeah. putting out more content like this and information like this that it'll force mm-hmm. other people to want to put out good content information too and then that way when the parent goes on and searches they will get yeah. less bad information and more good information so that will increase their chances of getting yeah. good information and that's how i that's how i view it and that's how mm-hmm. you know i think about things and, and going forward and like what what can we do what can we do to you know push the this forward and and i and i try to i try to tend to i tend to take like a practical uh, approach to it because a lot of the things that i learned in terms of like mental preparation were you know things i read in books and things I just picked up along the way from, you know, yep. listening, just, just watching and observing and then listening and then, you know, looking on the internet and, and getting, you know, connected to certain things. And then, you know, you like them and then you want to learn more about them. And that's generally how I approach those type of things too. Cause once I liked some, once I you know found something that I liked, I was interested in it. I just wanted to learn more and more about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's how, that's how I, went about it but you know like what when i look at the whole ish the whole thing about you know uh mental resilience and all this stuff i think we're we're doing a lot to spread awareness now um but the practical approach and the practicality Mm -hmm. says okay we need to start giving like actual actionable details and things that kids can actually do and that's where yeah like I think that there's a lot of room for improvement. Mm-hmm. So, well, what are some what are some of the things that you know you picked yeah. up that you would say that you implement now that are like actionable? Yeah, no, I think you're 100, percent and that's where you know, and that's why I really enjoy doing what I do because I think uh, the awareness of the need for this is really growing, and a lot of people are saying good things and the right things about it. But are they that helpful and are they actual strategies? Um, you know, that's where, you know, I like to, to pipe up about certain things and particularly, like you're saying, resiliency. You know, how do we how do we embrace the adversity and how do we bounce back from mistakes and, and how do we reset? And often, like one of the common things is you know, take a breath. Know, let it go yeah like how um, do you actually but do like, that? what does that really okay. mean and like and like yeah and how do you actually do that and that's a lot easier said than done and so the skill that i like to talk about that's really important with that is emotional regulation and that's often the big one that's not uh talked about enough and 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 what that is and that kind of sounds maybe big or you know maybe even scarier like oh, i've never don't really know what that is and you're just throwing out words. Um, another word you could use is also managing your emotions. Um, and the key then word that's quite simple is just being self-aware. And you want to be able to manage your emotions or regulate your emotions or be more resilient. You have to become more self-aware. And that's the first most important step to bouncing back. And so I use a mental skill called a mistake ritual or a reset routine. Um, and so in that routine, the first thing is to acknowledge and accept how you feel that you've made a mistake. And if you're not, if you, you've struggled to acknowledge and accept, it doesn't matter what breathing exercise you do. Um, it doesn't matter if you try to let it go and refocus on something else. You have to be able to 
be self-aware of how you're feeling and be self-aware um, enough to then acknowledge and accept it and let it go. And so to be able to regulate those emotions. And so that's my, the short version, which is to me something that's not getting talked about enough and a, and a very much real strategy that's quite effective. And there's a ton of research about the benefits of self-awareness and emotional regulation. And so, and this really then prevents those downward spirals and getting derailed and getting completely frustrated and, you know, the slamming of our stick and all, all those tough things that happen. And I always like sharing the story of one of my, uh, I, I got derailed a lot. And again, you know, this is why I got so into sports psychology was uh, in junior, as an example, if I didn't score in the first period, I would start, I'd be like, oh man, and I might even play well. I hit the post, it went wide. And like, you know, I said, like, oh man, why didn't I score there? Like, oh, I, like, I, this sucks. Like, oh, what's wrong with me? And like, and just start going into, you know, I get frustrated and holding on to these, um, the disappointment and, and, you know, my self-talk wasn't in a good place and I was not able to let that go. And I wasn't very aware of how I was thinking and feeling. Um, and therefore it just kept going in worse and worse, which then made me play worse and I wouldn't get points those games. But if I came out well and I went posting in instead of posting out, oh, yeah, everything's going well today. And I stay focused and relax and yeah. we'll go on to have a multi-point game. And so, you know, so that was uh, my thing. And so it's so important to develop that skill of emotional regulation and ability to be self-aware of what is are the triggers that set you off and get you frustrated um, and what can we do differently? And so that's the big thing that gets overlooked. The other then pieces are posture's huge. So what's your body language, uh, tensing and relaxing muscles to help you relax. Obviously taking a deep breath as part of this is really helpful. And then the last most important thing is after this is like occupy your thought on what you do want to do, not what you don't want to do. Because often what happens is, oh, I don't want to make another mistake. <laughs> it's like, well, now you're just focusing on making a mistake. You want to focus on going out to making a play and focus on what you want to do. So that's, um, I call it, that's recognized as the A pro approach. So A standing for acknowledge, accept. P is posture, R, relax, and O is occupy. Um, and so this is actually something that can be really good. And I use myself in the end of my career um, on the bench in between shifts. And you can do that whether it's a good shift or a bad shift. And uh, you want to be able to reset and focus on the next shift. And, um, and so that keeps your emotions in check and, and keeps your focus, therefore, in check. And uh, therefore, a little more likely to go play well. Because for me, it, I just, I'm not like I went into downward spirals when I was on the ice. I went into downward spiral when I got on the yes. bench and kept replaying what happened on, on the last shift. And then, then I wasn't ready for my next for shift. Me, um, yeah, so for me, yeah, for me, you know, so, that's, that's really, really uh, good. And, and yeah. I picked up a lot of those tactics. Actually, you know, there's, there's one part that, uh, that stuck with me. You know, I read a book uh, by Saul Miller, actually, uh, when I was uh, in junior hockey. Yeah. I was 17 or 18 years old mm-hmm. playing at Brampton, uh, reading hockey yeah. stuff and uh, I was fortunate enough to work with Saul a little bit later when I played in Mannheim in Germany. He was our, uh, you know, uh, sport yeah. uh, or mental coach there. But he, uh, you know, I, I developed a, a mantra, a mantra, sorry, that I would say um, before every game. And I, I actually mm-hmm. have said it before every single game and every period of every game I've ever played in junior and pro. And I kept it. And it was pretty much the exact same. Um, the whole time 
and for the last like 14 years or mm-hmm. so, 14, 15 years. And it's been, honestly, yeah. it's been one of the things that has helped me so much. And, and the addition of mm-hmm. uh, probably in my second year pro, I added in um, uh, just something to say in between like shifts and, you know, just to kind of get my focus yeah. off the last shift and focus on what was directly in front of me, which would be the next shift. And try to, you know, tell myself, yeah. just compete. Because the only thing that I could control was my attitude towards the next shift and my attitude towards, you know, the whole the whole game. And, and I could control, like, if I was feeling, you know, like I would give that effort, right? And I couldn't control what was happening, uh, what had happened already at that point. I could only control what I was about to do next uh, and in that moment. So I always tried to change the mm-hmm. focus in my head from what had happened, whether, you know, whether it was something good or something bad, you know, you, you the emotional game uh, that you play within your own head and your own mind is, you know, oftentimes a lot more mm-hmm. debilitating than, you know, skating up and down the ice and getting hit and all this stuff, it drains you significantly more than, you know, what you're actually doing like, yeah. physically and what you're exerting physically. So I found that when I added this piece into my mm-hmm. game, you know, I started to just produce better results just in general, uh, just because I wasn't focusing mm-hmm. on the results. I was only focusing on what I could do in that moment. And the only thing I could focus on was giving mm-hmm. the best effort and competing in my next shift. And that, that, tri- that really, really kept me you know, mm-hmm. focused in that moment. So I'm glad you brought that kind of stuff up. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great example. Um, as an example, my um, routine after shifts was um, to focus on my next shift. I, I, and that would be mm-hmm. my self-talk in between shifts was to let that shift go and focus on my next shift. And I would even sometimes spend a, like a brief moment visualizing something that would be important to my game that I wanted to do in my next shift. And uh, so, you know, th- these are huge little things that you pick up. And like you said, like it makes a big difference then in your game. And uh, it's, it's, you know, you, you're going to learn it and you're, everyone's picking up and they're working on their mental game in different aspects, but it's um, where are you learning and where are you picking these things up? And, uh, and those sooner you learn them and pick them up, the, the more effective they're going to become and they'll help the other areas of your game. And so um, there's no time like the present. And uh, uh, yeah, I definitely encourage uh, people to, to, to try out some of these techniques like you're talking about in terms of what are they doing in between shifts? Um, it's, it's a big part of the game. And yeah, I could talk about a lot of other things. The other thing I think, that uh, is, uh, I like talking a bit about is this idea of uh, a challenge system and like and like you said, focusing on what I can control. And so one of the things that I do with the athletes I work with uh, counteract the constant focus on outcomes and results and comparing with other people. Um, and you know, what do we win or do we lose? Where did I get power play time? All these things that are outside of your control. Um, and are outcome based and not necessarily process and progress based and learning based um, is this challenge system. So particularly um, a big part of that is focusing on, you know, what are the things that you want to get better at Mm -hmm. and then tracking that over time. 
And one of the things I'd like to highlight with this is that we have an intrinsic uh, motivation uh, to improve and to learn and to grow and to get better and contribute and serve. And so this, we want to really then create um, a habit and a system that focuses on that and reinforces that because instead of like, as an example, when I was a junior player and when I had those ups and downs in my game, I was always looking at my mm. points. Oh, how many points do I got? How many points do I got in my last five games? What do, I, what do I think I can get in the next? And like, oh, I didn't get a point today. Like, yeah. that is not helpful. <laughs> like, that was so debilitating to me um, and my performance. And, and I wasn't the only one. And there's a lot of – and so it's not that points – you don't focus on points at all. You know, who cares? But, um, you know, yeah, sure, we definitely want points. And it's not a bad thing to necessarily be aware of them. But what's way more important is to be aware of and focus on and put our energy and systems towards what are the things we want to get better at. And so those areas of your game, your maybe it's your strength and conditioning or nutrition, um, your mental preparation, uh, and tracking that and measuring that. And so I call that, that the challenge system. And then the other side of that is what's most important for you this week what are the top challenges for you and so it's constantly focusing on competing uh, and on embracing challenges and so the, i find that a very effective uh, tool that i use with the athletes i work with um, but again this is a lot easier maybe said than done uh, but you know each athlete has to figure out their own yeah. uh, mental preparation plan their own mental skills things that work for them right like what works for me is going to be different than work for you well let's and it's going to be different there. for let's someone else let's, so let's, let's, this is, let's try to yeah, let's try to exactly yeah you know if it's yeah. right now if it's easier said than done well why don't we try to give them some more actionable detail right? yeah. like so where where, mm-hmm. where are you at with your breath work like do you, what yeah. kind of stuff because I know what I'm, what I'm doing and what I'm, you know, even telling the, the kids we work with and, and like all the athletes, yeah. all my buddies I play with. Yeah. Um, like I know mm-hmm. what I like to do and I know what I feel like is, is beneficial in terms of like techniques and, and like, you know, things that would work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. everyone's going to have their own set of things. Uh, so where, where are you at with, with yeah. that kind of stuff? Yeah. So like for, yeah. for advice then for the athletes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So that, that's where the, the challenge system is definitely one. Like I, you're going to, you're going to tweak it your own, but the, the things in there is going to be tweak it, but you want to have a system of constantly focusing on the challenges that are most important for you. And so I particularly focus on the ones in the next 12 weeks. So like, what is the, what are the, you can often maybe call that a goal um, or a progress goal or a learning goal that you want to get better at in the next 12 weeks, something that's really important uh, within your control. Not like, oh, I want to get this many points in, <laughs> in this section, but more so, you know, I want to improve at um, a certain type of play or playmaking or my skating ability or edges or stick handling uh, and then have a measure for that. And then the other side of that was then the, the process goal. So that's really important, tangible thing uh, that, you know, each athlete uh, can be can start doing today and work on, and so uh, that's one area. Of the in-game mental skills, getting clear on what those are, and then practicing those daily. So your uh, your mantra or your um, reset routine, as well as the other one that I would call, like you said, with your mantra, I call it an anchor. Mm-hmm. So that's the other big one of the other big in-game mental skills. And so I use the word anchor because you know we have our focus. We can put it towards. Um, all kinds of things. And right now your focus, you could be looking over, you know, I'm, I'm sitting at home and it could be looking over to my top right at a picture 
or it's looking over down here at, at something on the floor. And so I'm putting my focus and my energy towards different things. But an anchor anchors you on what you want to put your energy towards and your, your focus towards. And so that's really important, obviously, during performance. And so, like, at the start of the game, what do we want to put our focus towards? And we have that anchor that pulls us there. And when we drift away and we start thinking about something else or going off into – uh, sulking or whatever it might be, or, or just distracted, the anchor can pull us back. And so that can, again, it's a mantra, but there's a lot of feeling and emotion involved in that anchor. Um, so as an example, when I played, uh, mine was uh, trust myself and breathe when I was on the ice. And so uh, it was that simple that yeah. helped me play with a bit more poise with the puck, uh, focus on the important things. And there's a lot of feelings that came out with those words and, and mantra for me. Um, the other example then in game mental skills, the challenge habit I alluded to a bit earlier, and that's particularly, how are you going to respond to challenging situations? Do you, are you grateful and see it as a privilege and an opportunity, or are you fearful and see it as a threat, um, and worried about looking bad and letting your team down, which, uh, and which can only then, and that makes you more likely to uh, get distracted and lose. And so I use often the example, um, and there was a study that looked at penalty kicks in soccer uh, in, the, in a bunch of the professional leagues. And when a penalty kick was mid-game, the success rate was um, – it was 80 – It's sorry, probably significantly uh, higher. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was mid-game. It was pretty high. So I, sorry, I got, the numbers are – I think it's 82% mid-game. Like it's pretty good success rate. But when it was a do-or-die situation – so now it's like you're the last kicker and you miss the team loses very much a threatening situation. The success rate of that kick so, goes down to 62%. But then you go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So then you flip the script and it's an opportunity to win. So again, the end of the game, but the t- game's tied and it's, and you score, you win, you lose yeah. more kicks. So very much an opportunity, the success rate, 92%. So there's a 30% difference in success just based on the perception. So end of the game, whether it's so let's, to win let's get or really contextual lose. here because this is, this is great because this is exactly what we do. Yeah. It's, it's right up our alley. Mm-hmm. And it's just so, you know, when you yeah. talk about the, the yeah. context of, you know, what's happening at what particular time in the game, you know, when you talk about a penalty kick in the middle mm-hmm. of a game, there's usually less pressure. The player will just step up and, you know, casually yeah. put it in. They, they're just, they're in flow state. Right, like they're in the yeah. flow state, and they're just things are just happening yeah. naturally. Mm-hmm. So when you go and you bring them to yeah. a pressure pack situation, what's you know what's happening is that mm-hmm. they're getting tense, and everyone everyone understands like that it's a tense situation. But you know what, what like what is actually happening? So what's actually happening is the athlete starts to breathe in you know mm-hmm. in rhythm, and and when a, an athlete breathes like in in rhythm, so it's like in out in out, and it's it's very you know, it's in a, in a good pattern, it usually means that there's some type, some type of stress. And when there's some type of stress, you know, what's the body's mm-hmm. natural reaction? It's to tense up. And when an athlete gets tense, they bring, you know, bring their shoulders up, and then they go into this position where they start to concave their chest. And when they get concave in the chest, you know, that's, that shows a lack of confidence. And it, that goes back to the primal instincts and you know, mm-hmm. when you, you want to present yourself as really big, 
you know, towards the, the, the other animal or the other, mm-hmm. you know, whatever is standing on the other side and you want to present yourself as really, really big. And what happens is this tension starts to build up, you know, there's different breathing patterns, which, you know, are, are in rhythm that shows that the athlete is, is stressed under stress. So then, you know, there's less oxygen getting to the brain because there's, you know, different, you know, there's a shorter breath pattern and there's less oxygen getting there. They can't focus clearly. And they're, all they're mm-hmm. thinking about is, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up. And what ends up happening yeah. is that it's a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy where it just ends up manifesting as like a non-optimal play yeah. by someone who definitely can make that shot, right? But then it, it happens in that moment. Yeah. One moment is about the lead up to that moment. Like if that athlete is ready, you know, like if they've been doing all this stuff and a lot yeah. of times, you know, getting yourself to you know take a breath into your belly and really letting it go you know and understanding Mm -hmm. the actual technique to taking a breath in your nose and making your stomach expand your diaphragm and then bringing it back you know like there's a lot there's a lot of benefits to being Mm -hmm. able to to breathe correctly and that would definitely help in those types of moments and when you exactly yeah you relate it back to hockey. Yeah. It's, it's no different than when you're in overtime and double overtime in a playoff game, and you know there's yeah. there's ebbs and flows in the game, and you're you know everyone's tense, right? Like everyone's everyone's kind of feeling that, but it's the people who are like, you know what, screw this, I'm just gonna go and you know I'm not worried. I'm I'm gonna try to score. Like I want to score. I'm gonna score. Like I will score. Like it. Once you yeah. start to change mm-hmm. the narrative in your yeah. own head you start to focus less on what yep. can't happen and you start to focus on what you, what you can do and what you will do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And that's where uh, the study was great at highlighting, like what were the, what were the players doing that, that choked in that situation? It was do or die and they choked, uh, so to speak. And what happened was they didn't look at the net as much. They went, they rushed through their routine. They looked down more. They were, they acted more nervous. Like you said, they had the concave chest. And so uh, it became quite visible that they were worried about the failure Mm -hmm. because not everybody failed in those situations. A lot of athletes succeed in pressure situations. Um, And so it's understanding and developing that habit of taking a deep breath and for me, the key to that challenge response is often the privilege, yeah. focusing on the opportunity. This is an opportunity to go and tie the game up. It's not an opportunity yes. to, to lose the game for your team. It's not a threatening situation. And so it's how we – the narrative, like you say, and how we frame things. But to me, this is a skill and a habit. And a, a lot of athletes develop this habit of like, oh, no, don't screw up. And like uh, – and especially our society, it's like um, – so there's a great example of this is like, um, okay, I'm going to give you a story. So you're, there's this nice family, they're driving, it's Christmas Eve, that's uh, snowing outside, they're all singing car- like carols, um, the dad's looking back and he, he sees the family, everyone's smiling, and then he mm. goes through a yellow light. And what do you think mm. happens next? And most people are like, oh, like a really bad accident happened. No, they actually got <laughs> to the place and everything was fine. But, yeah. so, but why do we just go to this, oh, worst mm-hmm. case scenario situation um, all the time? And so uh, 
that's our habit. And so there's a time and a place where that's important. And yeah. Like you, you sense danger and you're in the jungle. That's, how, that's, that's, that's helpful. But when you're playing hockey um, and you're doing and performing and trying to play and flow and enjoy uh, uh, and, and passion in something, it's not helpful to be in that fear, fight or flight base. It's more helpful to be um, a flow and, and let a true expression of your passion for the game to come through um, and all your work to come through. And you have to be in that right mindset. And that's about being gratitude. And so that's your challenge response in those situations. And, um, and so that's, that's a lot easier again said than done, but it's a very concrete skill that it's then that is the work of self-reflecting on that and developing that skill and practicing that, putting yourself in challenging situations and working on embracing it, being focusing on the privilege of being grateful for those opportunities. Um, and then that allows you to then focus on what matters in the task at hand and trust yourself uh, and get more into those flow states and more consistently and more frequently. It, it's a, it's so, a great opportunity yeah, for everyone listening to, to really understand that, that that's really the definition of like emotional resiliency right there. Cause if you can be a little bit more emotionally resilient mm-hmm. than, you know, the other player who's missing that penalty kick and now you go up there and you just do your thing and yeah. you, you, you have confidence because you're, mm-hmm. you're not thinking like people mistake like confidence for being, you know, cocky and brash and all this stuff. But it's honestly just not, it's just basically yeah. not thinking about the bad outcome. It's just being focused on like the good yeah. that can come of it. And, and that's, that's where, you know, the pessimists, yeah. they all, they will all flock and say, Oh, you know, like that's a cocky player. This is a, you know, uh, you know, like, you know, I look, the, the very best mm-hmm. example I have, honestly, is with PK, with PK Subban. And you, you look at him and he mm-hmm. just yeah. he exudes confidence because he just carries himself very charismatically and he's got a lot of enthusiasm. And, um, like I, I got to play with him one, mm-hmm. one year and, and like and I learned quite a bit from him uh, because he just has this mm-hmm. natural, like, well, he just he just loves people he loves being around the sport and he's just mm-hmm. he's got a ton of energy and for people who are pessimistic they view this as like he's coming off in like a cocky manner but honestly he just he yeah. loves the process he loves the game he loves people like he loves doing the thing and he puts out a lot of good energy out there that he does so much good and he mm-hmm. inspires a lot of people around him and, you know, that's, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff yeah. that I talk about with enthusiasm and this and that comes from just being around people like him that just, they bring so much more than just their skills to the table. They bring some, they, yeah. they bring something else. And that's what people like to call intangibles. But that's when you have that sort of you know, ability mm-hmm. to create that energy that exists between us. And that's what governs us basically is a lot of energy. And mm-hmm. there's a lot more research that's going into us being, you know, electrical beings. Right. But we, there, we, we produce like uh, all this, mm-hmm. you know, electricity with the, you know, the, the electrons and, and the earth and being grounded and all that stuff. But, you know, like w- when you really understand that at that type of level that we, there's this energy that kind of connects us and, when you have someone that brings so much of it, it's really infectious. And, and that kind of, that can yeah. really like spawn yeah. good results for the team. And it allows that person to just have yeah. better results, you know, 
going forward because he's making all the people around him better and more enthusiastic and loving what they do just more and more day to day. Yeah, no, I think that's a great example. And, you know, I'm definitely a PK fan and he, he just has so much uh, passion for the game. And for me, you know, anybody I, I look at and in all kinds of different fields, I think it's a great habit to look at, you know, what can I be inspired by, by this person? What can I learn from, from others? And instead of like, Oh, and, and picking out everyone else's flaws, let's focus mm-hmm. on picking out other people's strengths. And, and, and so, and talking from, and then that's the front, the frame set and, or the mindset and the, how we frame others. And so I look at PK the way he frames his life and um, and the way he approaches others is very much about being inspired. And so and then he's constantly then inspired and enthusiastic and he finds things that uh, he were that he perceives as enthusiastic and that only makes him more enthusiastic. So it's, it's a great example of, of yeah. living and, and you know what, inspiration. Honestly, PK and, uh, is uh, like yeah. one of the best examples of, you, you can make it and you can mm-hmm. do good things and have a smile on your face too and love what you do. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, it doesn't have to yeah. be like, oh, oh you yeah. know, like you have to do this. And it, like you can do it and have yeah. fun and enjoy it. You know, you've got to bring something to the table and he does. He's got tons of skill, but he also brings that part of the, uh, to the yeah. table too. And, you know, I, I just think yeah. for me, what he, what he does for hockey is yeah. much bigger than what he does for Nashville Predators or Montreal Canadiens, like you know, when 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 and yeah. like I I, no, you know, for I sure. played with him, like I said, and I never once, not once, seen him come to the rink without a smile on his face, not once. And we were playing in the American Hockey League, and yeah. he probably you know should have been in the NHL that year earlier. You know, he got called up in the playoffs to play with Montreal, and yeah. he yeah. did amazing there. But he should have been in yeah. the NHL that season too but you know what he came yeah. every single day with a smile on his face and you know that kind of stuff it makes me yeah. happy because i you know i learned a lot from him but and yeah. i tried to do that as well and you know like i i, I feel like yeah it, it can be done that way you just need to showcase more of that yeah no for sure and i think it's a there's also a great lesson there that uh, I like to highlight in terms of like, what does it mean to be focused and, and to be a professional? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you can't have fun. <laughs> I can tell you that. And in actual, in an actual uh, reality, when you are really playing with a lot of flow and you're in the flow state and trust and, and at your peak performance is often mm-hmm. when you're the most relaxed in the sense of yeah. you're just enjoying yourself and, and you're more likely to yeah. get there when you're smiling more and, and having fun. And so, you know, what causes what? And, um, and so the, the words that we use for focus yeah. often is relaxed focused. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Cause if we think focus means serious and and like very frowning all the time, like, no, you want to have a relaxed focus and some great other examples would be Usain Bolt. So before he, if you've ever seen exactly. him before in races, and he's I, like dancing. I was just about he's, to bring he's literally up dancing. Too, and you, you, know, and, you look at their yeah. face when, yeah. You know, when you look at any any sprinter yeah. when they're running, they're very calm, relaxed, and the ones that are ahead, they're yeah. the ones that have the calmest yeah. face, and they're not they're not tense. They're just yeah. they've done yeah. it thousands of times exactly. before in practice, yeah. and practice, and practice, and practice, and practice, and practice. Mm-hmm. That's where you work on your skills, 
And then when it gets to the game, it just has to flow. Mm-hmm. Like people think like they, they can just turn it on mm-hmm. in games and it doesn't work like that. It's, you have to bring it in practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really, I really, you know, I really think mm-hmm. that we have it backwards when people say like, you, you know, you practice how you play. Uh, but it, it's honestly, it's not the way mm-hmm. like you, you play how you practice. It's, it's not the other way around, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. No, for sure. And I think that's such a, an important mindset. And, and to me, um, whether it's practice or games, like it's, it doesn't matter. And, and, that, and that's that point, but it's in the sense of like, yeah. it's, you get to play hockey or you get to play the sport that you love and it's fun. And like, whether like, like my favorite, and I'm sure you've had some of these, but like my fondest memories is playing on the outdoor rink. There's no one there and you're just getting to play. And, um, and that's what, and constantly bringing that to the rink every day with a smile on your face, having fun, finding ways. Cause you know, I'm like, I'm sure you've experienced sometimes practices aren't always fun. (laughs) Like there's drills where it's like, Oh, we got to do this again. But like, Get, being able to regulate your emotions, let go of that, and find something fun within that drill. Make a little game, a little scoring competition. You know, tell some jokes before or after. You know, you know, push as hard as you can. See if you can do a little bit better. Um, so th- th- those are the things that are really important in terms of your mindset and in terms of making the best of a situation. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's such an important topic to understand, this idea of relaxed focus on the idea of having fun and uh yeah so those are lots of good uh take homes yeah. maybe for some of the parents and, and it doesn't mean, and athletes, it doesn't uh, mean listening. that you're not focusing so. and you're you're doing like you're you're not taking it seriously but like in my estimation like if you're mm-hmm. thinking on this type of level where you understand that happiness mm-hmm. and like joy and like enthusiasm matters to your performance like i actually think you're taking it even more serious because you actually understand how you know people work and how humans work and and you're not just going through listening to people regurgitate stuff that worked in the 1970s you're thinking about it like what is actually happening here right like that that's what the practicality part is that i try to really focus in on is like what are we doing practically that can help these athletes get ahead and get further ahead so I, i really like the you know, all the stuff that you offered uh, today, like, I think, you know, this has been a absolutely awesome chat. I think, you know, anybody who listens into this is going to get yeah. just an absolute ton of good information and a lot of actionable details. And honestly, that was, that was one of the things I was looking mm-hmm. forward to most because when we chatted briefly uh, last week and then, you know, the week before um, just interacting a few times, um, I was very curious because, you know, I saw you putting out some information and you, you know, you went on uh, another podcast and I saw that podcast uh, with, uh, with Matt, at the, uh, mm-hmm. Matt Cortez. Um So, uh, you yeah. know, that was, that was a really yeah. good episode as well. And, and I liked it. And, and I think, you know, having met up with you, I think, you know, you're coming from a good place and, and you're, you know, you put out good message to the kids and I think you do a really good job uh, in, in communicating that. And, and now, you know, hopefully that people are going to start to take notice of that, because I think that that's the way you win when you actually give a shit about the person at the other end. Like that's, that's how you win. You don't yeah. win by, you know, thinking I'm going to make X amount of dollars or I'm going to do this and, and make that, you know, you think about what's the person at the other end of this conversation getting out of this. And when you can bring 
the most value you're going to win when you come from a good place. So, yeah, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate the kind words and, and I definitely, uh, and, you know, and that's why I like jumping and, and working with others in, in like-minded places. And it's, for me, it's being able to offer those kind of resources and, and, and knowledge and my experience and, and education with parents and, and players so that, you know, they can take something with it. And, you know, there's, you know, I have other blogs and there's, I'm sure maybe we'll even For do sure. another podcast down the line and, and continue to share that and, you know, take, take what you can if, if you're listening, but I also, and then also feel free to reach out, uh, obviously if they have any questions and I'm sure you're always interacting with athletes too, and they can uh, t- talk with your coaches, talk with people about these issues. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a lot of, also trying to do a lot of uh, online workshops as well now too, because uh, starting to get some of those going and like even doing Q's and A's because, you know, it's one thing trying to do some of these exercises on your own, but then it's a whole, obviously another when you start to, okay, well, I'm not really sure about this. And so having someone to ask some questions about it. And so I'm trying to do kind of more like online Q and A uh, situations uh, which I think would be really valuable for for some people that maybe don't want to do necessarily sign up for a full one on one or or group workshop, but uh, are also interested in learning a bit more and and reflecting on yeah, some of the exercises. Know, so those are some of the things, and maybe we can for sure, do some for more sure. of that I think down Q&A, the line. Q and A is awesome. Like I think Q and A is one of my strongest suits because yeah. it's. I think Q and A is a great opportunity mm-hmm. to like you know kind of you know show your power your 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 prowess you know in, in that you know area and it's it's good yeah. because it offers a little bit of an area to to show people the level at which you're thinking and the level at which you know the value you can bring to them and i love doing mm-hmm. q a also because it's the oppor- the best opportunity to give the best value to the person asking the question because you can give them actual answers and actual yeah. things to do so I, yeah. I love that kind of stuff too. So no, it's, yeah. it's been great. I really appreciate you being on yeah. the show today. Um, I know we chatted a little bit about like the, yeah. you know, the social aspect and you're getting, just getting started and all this stuff. So, but where can people, yeah. where can people find you and where can people get at you to ask questions and, you know, to just find you on the, uh, on the, on the social media platforms. Yeah. So I, I definitely have, uh, an Instagram. I, I haven't posted much on it, but uh, uh, that thinks at uh, Dr. Cassidy Preston. And then my Twitter handle is at Cassidy Preston. And uh, we also have a Facebook page, but uh, certainly most of my info uh, you can find on our website at complete or sorry, at consistent elite performance uh, com. And so that's uh, the company that I'm created that we have a few other consultants in here as well, but I'm the, uh, the founder and creating this uh, sport and performance psychology consulting firm. So you can find out more information there. And then my email is on there as well, which is Cassidy at consistent elite performance.com. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, definitely feel free to reach out and I'd be happy to answer anyone's questions and, and kind of go from there and then also keep in touch about any more podcasts or blogs coming out. So I uh, certainly like doing these uh, activities and, oh, trying to post more on social media, but it's a, it's a learning process. I think I'm just out of the, uh, I'm in that age range where social media was just coming up. Like a Facebook's opened up when I was like, 16 yeah. and I was like Oh, what's this? <laughs> yeah. Funny, funny story. <laughs> is like, I still, I, I still and, have my, uh, my Facebook, my own Facebook account attached with my yeah. 
um, email that you had, it was mandatory. You couldn't sign up on Facebook without a university email at the time. Like, I think I signed up in 2007 (laughs) and you you can only have a university email to sign up. So like, it's that, that's kind of dating me, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, all right. Well, that's good though. So, yeah. No, I, no. It's it's been great, yeah, and uh, yeah. Thank you for for joining yeah. the show, and uh, we look forward to having you on again, and, and to you know getting to know more of you, and and uh, you know let's see where things can go, and working together and collabing on different things. So it's it's good. It's good. It's all good. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Mike. Well, keep in touch, and we'll. Uh, Hope thank your you, listeners thank you. enjoyed. So, well, until next time, yeah. take care. Okay. Ciao. Okay. Ciao. okay. Take care, Mike. Ciao. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really appreciate your attention. We know that your attention can be pulled in many different directions, and we really appreciate your ear for this episode of the podcast. We hope that it brought you a ton of value. Uh, if it did, and you would love to share it or pass it on to someone who might find some value in it, we'd really appreciate it. And once again, we really, really appreciate you guys coming on over here and giving us your attention. Uh, we know that there's a lot of different ways to consume content, but we're grateful that you're consuming this podcast uh, either passively or very attentively. Either way, we're just thankful that you're here. Uh, on this journey with us.